Welcome to The Difference with Dan O'Donnell, that's me, and Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. That's him. And every week, that's Dave, me. that's you, we talk about the, the biggest issues that people are facing with their investments, with their personal finance, with everything involving their financial life. And this week, I mean, it's impossible to escape. Gas prices have absolutely exploded. And that's something that impacts pretty much everybody, especially in Wisconsin, where everybody's got a car. It seems like everybody has about a 15 to 20 minute commute, pretty much no matter where you're living. And this is really taking a bite out of people's budgets. Yeah, not here in Wisconsin, obviously worldwide. Over this past weekend, we saw oil futures spike to almost $140 a barrel. It did settle down as trading started to happen. But oil prices just skyrocketing obviously means higher gas prices. And it really goes into this much bigger decision. I want to come back to that, but much bigger decision of inflation, right? So you go to the fuel pump and you fill it up and it costs you a whole lot more. That's the oil. And at sometimes that causes what's called demand destruction and really means that people will just drive less. They'll yeah. say, listen, honey, let's, let's not go there. Let's take the minivan. Let's go somewhere uh, closer to the house. All of that is the demand destruction, and that is how economies slow down. Well, you know, in my personal life, I'm sort of seeing this right now. In a couple of months, it's going to be warm enough where I can ride my bike to work. I work three miles from my house. And I'm somebody who I've got to take my kid to school, but I would be probably more likely to just turn around, come back, because we live very close to the kid's school, and just ride my bike to work. Now, not a lot. Maybe you could, maybe one of the kids could buck. Remember when you could buck back in the day? Maybe that's what they could do jump on the back. Young fella, and then we'll you'll take him by the, by the bike. What do you think about that? <laughs> just have him hop on like rollerblades or something. I'll just kind of yeah, tow him. Exactly. Yeah, well, they, right. son, we need to change it. We need to save some money here. We got to change our behavior. But that's sort of the thing I'm talking about. And the other thing I think, Dave, that 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 impacts when you have that much of a price increase that quickly. I mean, people in Wisconsin are paying well over four dollars a gallon for gas just a couple mm -hmm. of months after they're paying, you know, two seventy nine or something like that. That eats up budgets and it influences behavior. So not only I think are you seeing this demand destruction you talk about in where people are willing to drive. So we're going to see how that impacts, you know, travel in the summer to the Dells and that sort of thing. But also other things. If all of a sudden I'm paying $50 more in gas per week, well, maybe I'm not going out with my buddies drinking on Friday night. Although I think Dave, you and I know both of us yeah, know that yeah, yeah, you, you're going fifty dollars, uh, but you're still going. Uh, That's put, not stopping you. No, no, it's not. But I am going to have to bike to the bar now and have my kid bike me home at two thirty. Can still get a DUI. You still you can still get a DUI. That is That's you true can story. get a DUI on a bike. In fact, every so often there's a story in the news. That's why I'm having. Uh, my son, we're going to have a rickshaw where he's going to just bike me home. I'm going to pass out in the yep. back of the rickshaw. But my point <laughs> is that this is the sort of stuff that suffers. So, like restaurants, bars, places that depend on discretionary income, you're going to start to see a business slowdown, right? Right. And so that's why the Fed has such a difficult decision, because when you look at the definition of inflation, one of those inputs is energy. Energy and food are are big parts of inflation. And you just think about what's happening in Ukraine right now. And of course, they are huge 
producer of wheat. So you're going to see food inflation. We know uh, we know we're going to see energy inflation. We're seeing that already. So now the Federal Reserve has this job. They have these two jobs called dual mandates. One of them is to control inflation. The other is to keep us our economy fully employed. And so we're pretty close to full employment by most economists' opinion. However, inflation is under control. So now the Fed says, all right, maybe we're going to raise rates 25 basis points in March and again in April and again in May to try to slow down the economy. Well, guess what? Putin, in a weird way, is slowing down the economy. And so they are in a predicament. If they start raising rates in a slowing economy, could they nosedive this sucker right into a recession? Well, nobody wants to see that. And so, you know, the weird part about it is it's slowing down. So we have the stagnation of the economy happening while you are having inflation, a term goes back to the 1970s called stagflation. Most people won't remember that, but that was a was a crappy time. You may remember, Dan, going to the gas pumps back in the late 70s and early 80s. And I remember my dad used to put it in neutral and roll down the hill just to <laughs> save a couple of uh, schneckles at the gas pump. So here, really weird picture, and this kind of leads right into your ballywick. Is can you see what uh, Biden is doing and who he's talking to? Yeah, he went to Venezuela, right? He went and talking to President Maduro in Venezuela. He's talking to the Iranians about oil and bringing oil into this country. Well, hello, what happened was the second day that he got into office, what did he do with the energy in- industry? No, he canceled the Keystone XL pipeline. There were right. uh, no oil leases that were essentially being granted. We saw a dramatic slowdown in that, which led to a massive slowdown in domestic production. Right in Alaska as well. So you see that these leases are out there. That some they don't want. There's no new leases, but here in the United States, there are leases, and at $130 a barrel or wherever it's going to be, it's probably profitable to do that. And let's go back to being energy independent. That is a key. We get rid of a lot of these issues if we aren't importing Russian oil at this point. But right now, some of our allies, the Germans, the Italians, and the French saying, we want Russian oil. In California, they're using Russian oil. And by the way, you talked about $4 in Wisconsin. Some points, some places in in, uh, California, seven bucks. Talk about demand destruction. That really is hurtful. You know, not only is the Biden administration actively talking with the Maduro regime, there's also a report from Axios that President Biden's advisors are talking about a possible presidential visit to Saudi Arabia to try Mm -hmm. to improve relations with the Kingdom of Saud there. And of course, with the aim of pumping more oil. It, it just But isn't that crazy? Isn't it crazy to go back to to bad actors? We're going from one bad, bad actor to other bad actors when the solution is here. There was an article in, in the Wall Street Journal this past weekend, but I think it was somebody from maybe the mayor of, of a town in Alaska. You, folks, if you haven't seen it, go find it. We're, they're, they're ready. They're ready and willing, and we can become more energy independent. And by not, not only does that fix maybe a potential issue with them, but it reduces inflation, which is killing everybody at the at the grocery store, at the gas pump, and is putting the Federal Reserve in a predicament where it could make a policy mistake and send us into a recession. Well, That's the, a bad scenario. At the risk of being too overtly political here, this is sort of the risk you run when you've got a presidential administration that is so beholden to the environmental anti-drilling movement. Yes, it's 
obviously beneficial for the planet to move towards solar and wind power. But after 30 some years of us sort of dipping our toe in this, it's obvious that we still have oil as the engine of the economy. When you've even got Elon Musk, who stands to benefit more than any other human being from Americans getting rid of their gas-guzzling cars, saying, yes, we need to increase domestic supply, that's not possible because of all of the environmental hurdles and the Biden administration's reticence to go against its environmentalist left base. But then, it's a foreign policy nightmare that you've got to go to the Saudi Arabians. You've got to go mm -hmm. to the Venezuelans. We're still importing 600,000 barrels of oil a day from Russia. How insane is that? I mean, my that goodness, we're, 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 we're preventing Netflix from doing business in Russia. I mean, okay, they, they made the decision themselves. The credit card companies are stopping doing business with Russia. John McCain very famously said years and years and years ago that Russia is a gas station masquerading as a country. Their only meaningful export is oil. But we can't shut that off because we're not energy independent like we were as recently as two years ago. This is no. insanity. It really is. And so you put that on top of it. And we're just talking about energy. Now we talk about Ukraine being disrupted and the fact that they're a huge producer of wheat. Both goes back into the inflation conversation that we've had. But here's the other thing that people aren't thinking about. There's wiring harnesses that companies like Volkswagen and BMW and Porsche that they need. These wiring harnesses, guess where they're made? In Ukraine. So you talk about semiconductors. They use these, these lights. It's neon. These lights inside of these semiconductors. Where does that come from? Ukraine. Oh, by the way, let's go somewhere else. Where's the second producer of neon? Russia. And so you say, okay, we're not going to have semiconductor issues. We're going to have wiring harness issues. And therefore, if you want to go buy a Ford now, a friend of mine just did this this past weekend. He said he went to go buy a pickup. They said, we will take the order and maybe you'll get your pickup truck next year. I mean, that's flipping insane. That is insane. So, so that's where we're headed. Well, the bigger picture now says, all right, what does the Federal Reserve do this? And they're going to be what's called data dependent. We'll have to look at the data when it comes. But these New York banks telling us that we're going to have eight and nine rate hikes in a row, I mean, you've heard me say it. I think that's insane that we just can't do that. Here's the bright side of that. That means that interest rates are going to stay low. And if interest rates are staying low, while you have inflation, just think about it in real simple terms. If interest rates are at 1% and inflation's at 7 that means you have a negative real rate of return. 1 minus 7 is negative 6%. That is really bullish for stocks. And so that's the reason why not everyone is running for the exits. What they're doing is looking for opportunities that can do well in an inflationary environment be it food companies, be it energy companies, uh, be it semiconductors or automobiles. So there are places to invest, but people, they get freaked out and say, all right, I'm selling everything. And that's always a mistake to try to time the market. Yeah. And I think what you're saying is that now is absolutely not the time to sell, even though it seems like we may be heading for, if not a recession, at least a market pullback, because it doesn't sound like, and I mean, I'm just going to be uh, nakedly political here. The Federal Reserve in a midterm election year is not going to essentially guarantee that Democrats don't win anything by crashing the nation's economy and getting us into a stagflation environment. But what you're saying here is that 
now is not the time to be just, you know, looking at the, oh my gosh, the Dow dropped 600 points today. Now isn't the time to just sort of cash out unless you absolutely need that money. Well, that's right. And, and if you do need that, and we put together, you know, these three buckets, if you will, really to simplify it, you have a bucket that says, all right, for the next one or two years, I have that money set aside. So just say, for example, you pull $30,000 out of your portfolio, take thirty or $60,000 a year or two years worth and set it aside, put it in that bucket. In the medium bucket, you have some fixed income and some more conservative stuff. In the longer term bucket is, you, you know, you can go for longer term equities. But what we're saying right now is the fact that the Federal Reserve in a difficult position, what are they going to do about this? And are they going to to raise rates so you get into an economy that could produce a, a recession going into the midterms? Again, I agree with you, Dan. I doubt that's going to happen. And they what they don't want to do as well is raise interest rates so high that a demand destruction is there to slow the economy down. But you said, is there going to be a recession? There could be a recession. I mean, I'm not discounting that at all. You know, you look at what's one of the, the it's called the Atlanta Fed. They had a 0.0. That is their estimate for GDP for the first quarter, 0%. We all know the definition of recession is two back-to-back quarters of negative GDP. If this is zero, we're right teetering. Now, if you look into it a little further, that is because people accelerated all of their purchases into the fourth quarter, which meant that you had a huge GDP report in the fourth quarter. So we might have moved forward a little bit, but it's a slowing economy into an environment that could cause issues for equities. There's certainly no time to freak out and try to time it, but there's certainly time to go through that portfolio and say, am I in the right spots? Yeah. Am I invested in, in companies? You know, maybe, you know, you know what we're not talking about at all, by the way, Dan? Hmm. Masks and COVID. Yeah. You know, what happened to this conversation that's been pounding us to hell over the last two years? No one's talking about that right now. Does that mean it's behind us? You tell me. Well, I did see a great tweet, and that was, we should give Vladimir Putin the Nobel Prize for medicine because he made COVID disappear. <laughs> and that's actually, that's actually true, by the way. That if you look at the Google trends, mentions of Ukraine have skyrocketed, obviously. Mentions right. of coronavirus or COVID-19 have just plummeted on Google Trends. And interestingly, what hasn't really spiked to the levels of either COVID-19 or Ukraine? Mentions of inflation. And guess mm -hmm. which one impacts us all the most? This has been the latest episode of The Difference. I'm Dan O'Donnell. Dave Spano, always appreciate talking to you, my friend. Thank you, Dan. We will talk to you next time. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of the podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice, or a recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.